$267,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? It's a charming tune. Hello and welcome back to our 18th episode of Bond Music, six of the best kind of wrapping up i mean the script says it's our ongoing series discussing the bond movie soundtracks and i think we might do another episode or two on music of james bond but we are wrapping up the official soundtracks of the movies and who are we well i'm jared albrick the yard sale artist some know me as the death probe and i am here with my best friend in the world bond author extraordinaire alan j porter welcome back to the show alan Thank you. So I was just trying to figure it out. So this is our 18th episode of Six of the Best, but we've covered 20, at the end of this, we'll have covered 26 movies. It's The math here on our show has always been <laughs> sketchy at best. But yes, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, because we did Casino 67. Seven, and we did Never Say Never Again. again. Yeah. And well, we did a whole handful of the early berries with friend of the show, Raven Benson. Right. So, so we've covered it all. So this is our 26th music show, but our 18th <laughs> under the title of Six of the Best, I think. Somebody's got to keep <laughs> up with it. And if you followed that, good luck to you. Yeah, if you're yeah. able to follow that, you should be able to follow this, our Six of the Best format. We will include a discussion of the movie theme song, and then we will get into the score itself. And on each episode, we take turns taking the lead. I believe I have the lead on this one. Yes, you do. So when we get to that movie score, I will give you my three favorite tracks. And then from the ones I leave behind, Alan will tell all of us what his three favorite tracks are. And then we will do a bonus track at the end of the episode. So lots of good stuff coming your way. And like I hinted at earlier, I do believe we are going to do a few bonus episodes. So just because we're done with the movies... Hopefully we'll have another movie to talk about sometime soon, <laughs> but just because we're done with the movies for now doesn't mean we're done talking about James Bond music. Alan, and I've kicked around some ideas, so just keep your ears tuned to Honor Magic Secret Podcast Network, and we might just come up with a little something for you. But before we even get to that, we're going to be the author of All Your Pain and discuss the music from Spectre. Ooh, Ooh spooky. Ooh, spooky stuff. <laughs> So question of the day, is Spectre all caps and an acronym or is Spectre the name? I always write it in all caps as an acronym, but I don't know. People have different opinions on that. If only there was a book that would help you figure that out. If there was a book, what would it be called? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, James Bond Dictionary? Something like that. Um, I Lex- lexicon sounds classier. <laughs> no, that's, but... a, that's a classy name. You know? Maybe we'll go with that. <laughs> thousand words five thousand individual entries 453 pages 271 stories covered 80 original illustrations it all adds up to one book the james bond lexicon the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. buy a copy of james bond lexicon today amazon.com so that was subtle advertising (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, guys, let's get into our summary of the soundtrack overall. And if you remember last episode, we kind of ran out of entries in our book by John Burlingame. So we're flying a little bit by the seat of our pants, doing our own research for many, 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 many episodes, especially if you've been listening along with us. You know we use the music of Bond by John Burlingame. We still recommend the heck out of that book. It is an amazing book. But my copy only goes up to Quantum, I think, is where I ran, ran out of entries. And so from here on, we've been doing a bit of our own research. Alan did a good job last time. Let's see if I can keep up as we discuss the soundtrack overall of Spectre. Here's what I can tell you. It was released on the 23rd of October in 2015 in the UK. And then about a couple weeks later, on the 6th of November, it got released in the US. It's a pretty bulky soundtrack. It has 80 minutes of music on the soundtrack. This soundtrack made Thomas Newman the third composer to get a multi-007 gig and the first non-British composer to get a multi-007 soundtrack gig. So he made a little bit of history there. And Alan, when we talk about the soundtrack overall, guess what's not on there? That wonderful theme song. <laughs> okay, so the theme song... We'll talk about that later, but it still bugs me when the theme song is not on the soundtrack. And this is one of those soundtracks where that is the case. If you want the theme song, you have to order the single separately, which I did begrudgingly. We'll talk about that later. This was another soundtrack where it was scored during filming. So Thomas Newman is scoring as dailies are coming in and as the action is happening. And it's an interesting score. Like I said, 80 minutes. Lots of action, lots of tender moments, lots of different sounds in the score. But what I want to know, Alan, what are your thoughts on the overall score in general? I've sort of grown to like it a bit more. I, there's always the joke, and I repeated it last time, that basically that this score is a rework of the Skyfall score. And if you listen to the last episode, you know I actually really like the Skyfall score, so really I should mm -hmm. really like this one. And I don't. Um, so it's <laughs> not a rework of the Skyfall score. I've come to realize that there is a lot of the same approaches to the cues, I think. Warren Ringham from Cue the Music on a recent online event talks about how he's got a sort of a growing appreciation for Thomas Newman's stuff. And I think I'm the same. And I'm going to paraphrase Warren here. So if you're listening, Warren, and I got it wrong, I apologize. But he was talking about how he thinks that, particularly with this one, Newman is sort of a victim of, and maybe victims is too strong a word, but of the trend in modern music scoring where it used to be that the score was an event of itself. It was part of the movie. It told the story. It was almost a character within the movie. And today, the music is more of a set dressing. You know, he said it's, it's like the paintings on the wall or the stuff on the bookshelf behind the character. It's there, but it's not really relevant to the story. Whereas the, uh, you know, the John Barry, David Arnold stuff was really helping tell the story. And today, music doesn't. If you think about a lot of the Marvel movies you know we've talked about this before there's no real theme there's no nothing mm -hmm. that really drives the story forward other than that opening the avengers cue that opens all the marvel mu movies it's like oh that gets your blood pumping but nothing else really does it's just there this score suffers a bit from that in the fact that it's to a large extent just there in the background and like i said yes i think it does repeat that i think it's also slightly a victim of the movie that it's it's with because it specters just a it's a boring movie to me anyway, personally. And the music doesn't really, actually in some areas, and I think I'll talk about this, I think the music is actually more exciting than what's actually happening on screen. But generally, I think, uh, unfortunately, this score is really a, a result of that trend in movie scoring, of it being more of a background thing that always seems to have to be music in certain scenes. They seem to have lost the art of silence in a lot of movies. A lot of stuff is scored just to fill the background. And I think some of that, and I actually also think it's a reflection of the movie itself. So I appreciate it a bit more. It, no, it's not a direct repeat of Skyfall, which, you know, I've made that joke in the past. I think there's some good tracks on here, but when I'm listening to it, there's nothing in it that makes me think this is from Spectre. It's like, yeah, I, I recognize it as a piece of Thomas Newman work. And I love some of his work and other things. I thought his score for 1917 was brilliant. So the man has talent. I liked Skyfall. I just think this is a lesser entry in his in his catalog, I guess. It doesn't really stir the blood much for me. I understand. Yeah. 
I mean, we, like you said, we've talked about it before. When was the last time we could walk away from a movie sort of humming a theme, you know, a melody that is so identifiable with the film? It's been a while. And like you said, I think it is modern filmmaking. It's just like, you know, give me a piece of music that underscores this and then a piece of music underscores that. And there's no real theme to it anymore like there once was. I just think there's ever an old episode where you and I and and Raymond Benson sat around trying to think of it. I think we were like the most modern movie we could think of with a noticeable theme was like Harry Potter. And like you said, the Avengers is, is a like when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's the Avengers, you know. But aside from that, it's just not a lot of theme stuff going on. So, yeah, I track you on that, man. I do. Let's talk about the title song itself. Get fired up, Alan. Do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> We're going to talk about the title song itself. Okay. We all know that Writings on the Wall is by Sam Smith and his regular collaborator, Jimmy Napes. They wrote the song in under half an hour. And much of the vocal track you hear on it was actually from the first take demo. So that really puts me in mind of a quasi-famous story around the Titanic song that Celine Dion, Heart Will Go On. That version that you hear is the first version. that You are hearing her demo version. And I think that in some ways speaks very well of, of her and Sam Smith. That, you know, if that's just a demo version, well, that's pretty good singing for a demo version. But... Let's dive a little deeper into that, shall we? So this version was released on the 25th of September, 2015, and it met with mixed reviews. So mixed that people started sort of clamoring for the older days of Shirley Bassey, and hashtag Shirley Bassey started trending on Twitter upon the release on the 25th of September. People were sort of not thrilled about the song and wishing for the days of Shirley Bassey, and it, it led to an interesting Shirley Bassey trend on Twitter when this song was released. However, Alan, stand up and with pride when I tell you that the song did hit number one in the UK. Not our finest hour. <laughs> I was about to say, this one, it hit number 71 in the United States, and somehow I'm calling this a victory. <laughs> I think I'm going to wave my American passport at this point. This, by the way, did set a record. This is the UK's first ever bond number one song we talked in the past about how adele made all the way to number two and even though they made it to number one in the states i believe duran duran capped it two in the uk well writings on the wall by sam smith hit number one it also won a best original song golden globe and an academy award for best original song so this kind of reminds me of the madonna song where some people really really love it and put it up for these great awards and some people just don't so you want to talk about it now or you want to listen and talk alan let's listen and then i'll give you my opinion all right let's give a listen to writings on the wall by sam smith For you, 
stars begin to gather and the light begins to fade when our hope begins to shatter know that I will be yours okay so i actually want to talk about two separate things about this there's the song and then the sam smith's rendition of the song in the movie okay sam smith's rendition of the song in the movie his rendition of the song period i do not like at all i didn't like it from the moment i heard it and i was really dead set against this as a song i thought it was a horrible song and i was railing against it didn't help when i actually saw it in the movie either with the titles and the henty porn opening titles and stuff and, <laughs> tentacles um, and what tentacles and uh, yeah they i don't know it just didn't work with me i not ever been a particular fan of sam smith wasn't really that familiar with his music either i don't know it just didn't sound like a bond song to me until i heard cue the music do it brilliant vocals by their great female vocalist kerry schultz who has a really strong powerful voice you know she does the full range of bond songs including all the shirley bassey songs and she does them really well and, and when i heard her sing it i was like damn, that is a good Bond song. Mm-hmm. It's a really good song. And the more I've heard it and the more I've heard cover versions by people with a strong vocal performance, be male or female, I've grown to appreciate the song. And I actually got to the point where I actually really like the song. What I don't like, which is weird considering he's the guy who wrote it, is Sam Smith's interpretation, which actually got me thinking back to Goldfinger. If you think about Goldfinger, Goldfinger was written by Anthony Newley, who was a male soft delivery male vocalist very popular at the time who wrote goldfinger who wrote the lyrics to goldfinger obviously with with barry's music or co-wrote the lyrics to goldfinger they had the sense to realize that that song his voice and that song was not powerful enough to open a movie and had shirley bassey open it so if he wrote this song in under half an hour great i mean adele wrote hers in 10 minutes and then spent 18 months fine-tuning it fine (laughs) a lot of the best greatest songs ever have been written really quickly i got no problem with that but i think they should have done a yeah here's the check you wrote it here's the check let's go find a really strong female vocalist to perform it because i think then it wouldn't be so diversive as it is now to my mind and having listened to a lot of different versions doing the youtube playlist anybody with a really strong powerful voice can really make this song really deliver it like a good bond song i would highly recommend you go listen to cue the music's version with kerry on lead vocals which will be in the playlist if you haven't heard it or you the only version you've heard is a sam smith version go and listen to some of the other versions and it might change your mind about the song itself as opposed to the performance yeah i'm gonna wholeheartedly agree with you alan 
as I started digging in, because, you know, it was my responsibility on this episode to find the bonus track. So I started listening to remixes and covers and things like that. And I came to the exact same conclusion, Alan. I mean, Alan, and I didn't talk about this <laughs> separately, but we, we arrived at the same conclusion. Like, I'm not big on the Sam Smith version. I think it's serviceable and OK. There's something about it that just sounds just a little off to me. And it never really grabbed me. And, and I had this similar feelings as you. It was like, eh, not my favorite. But actually, frankly, a bottom tier Bond song for me. And then as I dug into those alternate versions, and like you said, people with strong voices started doing I said, well, this is not a bad song. In fact, some of the lyrics are so very cool and Bondian. I, I really like a lot of the lyrics. It's just it, you really put a light bulb bright in my head when you mentioned that Goldfinger. I think you really hit the nail on the head there, my friend. I think Sam Smith and his his co-writer writing the song is wonderful, but they they might have should have hunted somebody with just a bolder sound for it. Yeah, I think that's what it needs. Is it needs a good, strong, bold sound, strong vocalist. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. My my original thought was it needed a good, strong female vocalist, probably because I heard Kerry sing it first, and she's the one who changed my mind. But having listened to some of the others, it's like a good, strong vocalist, be it male or female, can really deliver this song. Absolutely. I, I wish I could remember all the names of the people I saw, but spoiler alert, it's going to be a female vocalist in my bonus track. But I, I was really fighting with it, and I wish I could remember his name. He's probably on your list. It was an African-American gentleman who just belted the song, and it was really oh, yeah, good. I know, I know the one you mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that was really powerful. But anyways, we could go on and on about that, but that that's the song. Again, it was really divisive, not just here on Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast, but overall. A lot of fans didn't like it, but yet it won a lot of awards and has a lot of accolades and hit number one in the UK. So if you're out there and you love it, then good for you. There's plenty of people <laughs> who love it too. And yeah, there's just a lot of interpretations of the song. And hopefully you guys will check out that playlist and uh, experience some more versions, especially if you're following the camp with Al and I who weren't big on it. You might find a new appreciation. Let's get into the main score. And I will start with my top three picks. But before I start my picks, I have to reveal a little something to Alan. Here's the thing, Alan. You and I are actually brothers. So deal with that for the rest of the episode. It can't be true. I've never been skiing. (laughs) (laughs) Or been in an avalanche. Ah. Well, not that I can remember anyway. Actually, I have been skiing, but I've never been in an avalanche. So maybe. (laughs) I've been skiing, no avalanche. I've never been to England. Anyway, somehow it'll all work. Yeah, I'm sure it all works out. Yeah, we're brothers. Okay. Okay. sure there's a burnt piece of paper somewhere that proves that <laughs> it'll link it all together yeah <laughs> just trust us it's essentially what the filmmakers said just trust us <laughs> all right well we're not here to review the film let's get into the picks my first pick is called los muertos vivos Estan. it is track one on the cd it features the tambuco percussion ensemble This mixes in a new South of the Border flavor with the classic Bond theme that we all love. And it speaks to me personally, Alan, because it is a homage to the Day of the Dead, which is celebrated fairly strongly in Mexico, which is November 2nd. I consider it the greatest holiday ever because it is also my birthday. So I'm a big Day of the Dead fan. (laughs) You've been born on the day of the dead. That explains an awful lot. <laughs> All the puzzle pieces are falling into <laughs> yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only took 18 episodes or 26, depending on how you count. But okay, that, it does explain a lot. <laughs> the counting on the show. Anyways, let me go ahead and play you a little Los Muertos Vivos Astan track one from the CD. Thank you. 
Okay, Alan, what do you think about Los Muertos Vivos Están, which, by the way, Spanish for the dead live here? I really like it. I do like that opening scene of Spectre to a point. I think the music complements it perfectly. I think it's a great opening to the movie with the uh, the tracking shot and mm-hmm. the atmosphere and stuff. Um, yeah, I think it really, really works well for the pre-title sequence. So a good pick. If I'd have been going first, this would have been my first pick too. So. Oh, nice, nice. I'm glad I could steal one from you. Just as an aside, I really like that opening as well. And I like I think that music with its percussion really kind of gets your blood going and you're like, heck yeah, James Bond. And then, yeah, and then the rest of the movie happens. But <laughs> <laughs> strong start. I was pretty fired up there when I was sitting in the theater. <laughs> Let's move into my second track. We're going to go all the way down track list to number 22. The track is called Careless. And I like it because... It's got a good mixture. It's a little bit ominous, which I know Alan likes. It's a little bit tense, and then it gets a little bit action-y, and then it's a little bit sneaky. So it's kind of a good flavor of Bond track, in my opinion. So let's give a listen to Careless, which is track 22.
Alan, your thoughts? I actually think this is indicative of what I was talking about, about the Thomas Newman score earlier on, that it doesn't really bring to mind any particular scene. It doesn't shout Spectre to me. It's nice enough. It's there. But I think that's all it is. It's just there. It's, what's that phrase I used? Wallpaper music? Wallpaper it's, music. Yeah, it's just, it's just there. Sorry. It really doesn't do anything for me. All right. I can understand that. I'll be honest with you. I kind of got a bit of um License to Kill vibe from it. How we talked about music kind of gets buried in License to Kill. When I listen to this on its own, I think it's more exciting than it is in the movie. Yeah, so, I think there's a few yeah. places that actually happens. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I pick up what you're putting down. I enjoy Careless. I'll be honest with you. After I went ahead and picked Los Muertos, <laughs> as I was picking other tracks, I was like, there was no super standouts to me. But I was like, I kind of like this. Kind of like that. And, That'll bring us to pick number three for me, which, Alan, we're going to listen to Writings on the Wall. Whoopee. I know you're excited, but it's track 15 <laughs> on the soundtrack, where it is the instrumental version of Writings on the Wall. And I really like it. I like the instrumental version quite a bit. Again, just don't think Sam Smith was the right vocal for the track. But you know what? You be the judge, and let's give a listen to Writings on the Wall, track 15, instrumental version. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, I think it's, again, proof that underneath that single release, there's actually a really good song here. It's got a good melody, which is something we've talked about has been missing, which wasn't really picked up and used throughout the, the film, the score, unfortunately. I think there was a few places it was, but I can't really remember, to be honest. Obviously, this instrumental version is on the, the CD, so I guess it was used at some point. Again, I can't remember where in the film it was used, but it's a nice enough melody. The lyrics make it. Yeah. Again, I think it's just proof that the Sam Smith performance, I think, took away from a great song that he wrote and a great melody that he wrote, unfortunately. But again, that's probably just down to personal taste. Well, again, our personal tastes are going to line up. Don't got anything against Sam Smith, like plenty of his other songs. Just don't think it was the right fit for this one. And with that, Alan, my three tracks are up. Okay, well, now that I know you that uh, I'm your brother, that I have this sudden feeling that I should be repeatedly saying cuckoo, cuckoo <laughs> in a silly voice over and over again for no apparent reason. But actually, I just realized I forgot to put my socks on. So while I go look for them, uh, let's drill in to my picks and listen to some music. See what I did there? Yes. All right. Pick number one is actually track six, which is Backfire. I was, as we usually do when we're 
prepping for the show, uh, as well as sort of doing a, a really intense re- listen through, I actually also just put the CD in the car and listened to it as I'm driving around. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really was the first track that actually made me glance over to the CD player to see what track number it was, because it was like, oh, I like that one. That's going to be my first pick. So it was track six, Backfire. I like the ominous opening, Alan's trademark. It's in the script with the trademark next to it. <laughs> and I love the staccato buildup and the mounting pace of the strings as it sort of rolls into the Craig area Bond theme. And then you get that choral background and then that final fade out with just a very subtle hint of the classic Bond theme in there. So I thought it was actually a really well put together track. So let's listen to track six, Backfire.
So before you give me your thoughts, I have a question for you. Where in the movie was that used? I was just going to ask you. I was like, well, that's an exciting track, but I can't remember. Me either, which I think proves the point. It's like, I like that track. I love it. But I, this doesn't bring anything to mind visually at all. Yeah. It's a cool track. It's high energy. You can tell cool body and things are happening. I like it. <laughs> I enjoy it, but I can't place it in, in the film. No. But my second pick, I can. It's actually one of the few ones on listening to this that I actually know exactly what it is. So this is track 11. Uh, it is Snowplane. A bit of a clue in the title as to where it is in the movie. But um, <laughs> even, even without that, I actually do know where it is in the movie. I like the, uh, the lively opening. It goes straight into the action. Then you've got some nice heavy brass. And I love the drums kicking in and real driving rhythm with the, with the drums. Snatches of the Bond theme woven throughout. This is one of the, uh, the areas I mentioned earlier on where I think the music cue is way more exciting than actually what's happening on screen. So let's listen to Snowplane.
So what do you think, Jared? Snow plane. It's exciting. It makes me want to kind of get off track from our six of the best format and just wonder why, like, if you explain that scene to people, it sounds very exciting. But for some reason, execution wise, I can't put my finger on why it doesn't, you know, give you that same feeling as the tank driving through St. Petersburg and Goldeneye. You know, I, I, I know we're not here to examine the film. <laughs> it's a great piece of music. And it's exciting, and the scene should be exciting. I just don't know what it is about the scene. It just comes off as, eh, it's okay, kind of cool. But I don't think the music is synced up with the action particularly well. I've seen a couple of people take that scene and put some of the more classic Bond scores to it, and it works better oh. with the visual. So I'm not sure it's, it's synced as well as it should be. I don't know. You're right. I mean, it, that's probably a scene that looks great on a storyboard but just doesn't work yeah you know now that you mention it like as i visualize the snow plane scene and it's you know going down the hill and all that i think it could have really been helped by like a you know kind of bombastic bariness i think it would have helped yeah 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 i think he would yeah and if you do want to know what we think about the movie we have a whole other podcast for that that's right. You can listen to Alan and Van discuss it, or you can listen to the rookie agents discuss it. Okay. My last one is a fairly short one. It's track 14. It's Hinks. I always like it when a henchman gets his own mini theme. I think this is a particularly fine one. I just don't recall it being used to any great effect in the movie itself. Hinks as a character wasn't really used to any great effect in the movie himself anyway, other than maybe his intro scene. So that's maybe why, but I like it listening to it on its own. It makes me think of Hinks when I do hear it. But again, I just don't think it was used particularly effectively within the narrative, but I think it's a cool short track. I think that bell, undertone bell at the beginning could have been used, and maybe it is, and maybe need to go back and look again, but it again didn't come to mind when he was, Hinks was on screen, or that violin, either of those or a combination of those could have been used whenever he was on screen. And like I say, maybe it is, and it just didn't stick in my mind, but I think he had a pretty good theme there that uh, I think they could have done a lot more with. What do you think, Jared? I completely agree. It makes me go back to Goldfinger. Odd job just had that little triangle ting 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 thing going on whenever he would do his thing. And I think this is a, a fine track and a cool little sound. But I think as we kind of keep coming back to in this whole subject, I think a bolder sound, a bolder, clearer, more, hey, this is Hink's sound uh, would have benefited. Because, I mean, it's a cool sounding track, but it I think it just blends in too much with everything else. Yep. Seems to be our final word on this soundtrack. It really just does <laughs> blend yeah. together. And to be honest, you know, having to, after you pick three, I, there's 26 tracks on here. And I was like, I have to pick three out of the remaining 23. And it was quite difficult, which I think says something in itself as well, that I had 23 tracks to choose from and trying to pick three was, was not the easiest thing. So yeah, there's no super standouts really. Some no. soundtracks we've done are like all standouts, which makes it hard. And some of them are just like, eh, yeah, you know, yeah. never say never again. <laughs> decent soundtrack <laughs> with no no huge set standouts by any means you know no exactly exactly well all right now that we've picked our six of the best let's get into our bonus track as hinted at earlier i am going to be picking a version of the writings on the wall 
This is called the metal version. It's got a little bit of rock and sound to it by Bernice Nikki featuring Lexi. Now, Bernice comes to us all the way from Jakarta, Indonesia. So sit back and I was going to say relax, but it's hard to relax. This is a rocking version, but sit back and enjoy Bernice Nikki featuring Lexi. I believe Lexi's on guitar for a little writings on the wall metal version.
Okay, Alan, what do you think of Bernice from Jakarta, Indonesia, where I believe she's a music teacher, by the way? What do you think? I think it's great. Oh, if I remember rightly, there's a comment on the YouTube comments that somebody says, that's my music teacher, or something like that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really great. I really enjoyed it. Always up for a bit of metal and some good guitar playing. So uh, Lexi on the guitar was really cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good rocking version. A good find, Jared. Yes, indeed. I think it well proves our earlier point that, you know, a different set of vocals can make all the difference. But hey, again, if you like Sam Smith and Bernie's wasn't your cup of tea, it all comes down to personal taste. All right. So after listening to that version, uh, as we mentioned, uh, I put together the usual playlist of uh, cover versions on YouTube. Uh, If you have only ever heard the Sam Smith version, I do recommend that you actually go check out the playlist and listen to a few of the other versions out there. As well as the aforementioned Cue the Music version I mentioned earlier, which was the one that changed my mind about this song. Um, There's a couple of uh, heavy metal covers, but nobody in a Batman t-shirt this time. A punk version, a violin cover, a piano and cello duet, which is pretty good. An outstanding a cappella group version, uh, which I really liked. And of course, we have the obligatory East European talent show uh, version. <laughs> but from the Ukraine this week, Lithuania let us down again this month. Oh, I have talked about how this song really stands out with a powerful lead vocal. But actually, one of my favorite versions is a very soft, laid back, almost jazzy version, but sung in French. It sounds absolutely beautiful that way. So that's in there as well. So if you want to listen to all these different versions of Writings on the Wall, just search for Bond Music 6 of the Best on YouTube, or you can find it from the direct link we'll put in the show notes below. Awesome stuff that Alan provides for you. I just realized in the show notes below, it makes no sense if you're listening to this (laughs) on an iPod or on your iTunes as you're going for your morning walk or whatever. Anyway. it's a good bet that their iPod or whatever or their iPhone is below their current eye level. So oh, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the link will be in the show notes. It's in the show. Just trust <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Pod Music 6 the Best. If you got a question or comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment directly on Twitter at ohmspod. Don't forget to subscribe to Honor Magic Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you could leave a rating or review, we'd really appreciate it. And of course, if you want to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Alan, where can they find you? Well, I'm just going to do another unsubtle plug here. Just in case you hadn't heard, the James Bond Lexicon book is now on sale. And thanks to everybody who's helped make the first few weeks and the launch such a success. We've had several people uh, posting selfies with them enjoying their copies, but we'd love to see more. So if folks who have the book or you just ordered it and when it arrives, if you'd like to uh, take a selfie and send it to us, that would be great. Uh, And even better, if you can leave an early review on Amazon, that would be appreciated too. And you can keep up with the latest news about the book and its companion website at uh, jamesbondlexicon.online. And you can follow us on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and Tumblr and Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And now, as always, we'll pass the bat on to uh, White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host Van Allen Plexico to thank our generous patrons who support all of our White Rocket endeavors. So just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for White Rocket and join up. And it's for as little as a dollar a month, you get to be part of the show. And we send out, we, I post things occasionally on the Patreon page of interest, and you get previews, you get special deals, special offers, and discounts on things that we do. And you sometimes get shows before the uh, the regular audience does. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping our programs on the air that we owe everything to. Samuel Salvatore and Bart Lindsay, uh, Bradley Blackman, Brian Gray, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, Ann Kanjian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodsworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Wynn, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Plus, Darius Benton, 
David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Mike Finley, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Camo, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Donnie Reynolds, Plus, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrick, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, Paul Bankson, Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, that's the truth, Ruth, Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brett Rains, Brent Rumble, and Chris Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors, we thank you all so much. Go to www.plexico.net or just go to www.patreon.com and sign up and join the family. Thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks are from the 2015 Spectre soundtrack CD and that single you have to buy if you want the main title song. As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl. Please support the Bond creative community. We will be back with six of the best as we check out the work of Hans Zimmerman on the score for No Time to... Oh, okay. Um, I guess we'll have to wait a while. So while we wait, we've decided to branch out, as Jared said, into what we've called the spin-off soundtracks. And we will be starting in the next episode as we take a look at the David Arnold project, Shaken and Stirred. We'll catch you then. Bye. (laughs) 